Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you Host Aaron Gox And we are here with guest Michael Toon Thanks for coming on Michael that's a pleasure, Goxie. It's nice <laughs> and to now, uh, usually I introduce people by what they do, you know, like comedian, sports person. Um, I did meet you on the comedy circuit, but you've sort of, uh, even though you are a hilarious man, um, you don't mind me saying you've put that on a back burner for a bit, because... But can, what, can we call you ex-Olympian? Um, yeah, although some people, not me, have a, <laughs> a problem with the term ex-Olympian. Why is that? Oh, because there's still a chance you could go to more Olympics? Is that why? No, no, no. There used to be. I, they've changed it because I thought it was a bit ridiculous. Or maybe they haven't. The, uh, the Olympic like club, I don't know. But they used to have a, um, a motto which was once an Olympian, always an Olympian. Oh. And if you called them an ex-Olympian, some of them, they'd be like, I'm still an Olympian. Well, oh, that's it. No, that was... It's like, yeah, but I, I, I don't mind. I'm very much an ex-Olympian. No, that's what I thought. I embrace the term. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Um, the part that you wanted to uh, possibly put an asterisk on, it was the ex part at the start. I was worried that you're like going to say, no, no, not technically Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, very yeah. much Olympian. In fact, yeah. I was at a dinner on Friday. It's the new now annual uh, Queensland Olympic Club um, yeah. dinner. That was organised by uh, a guy Tom King, who was a sailor in Sydney, won a gold medal. Yeah, um, yeah, at the Sydney Olympics. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's become like the co-chair of this Olympic Council thing <laughs> with Brooke Hansen, the swimmer. Oh, awesome! And they're trying to sort of mobilise ex-Olympians a bit more um, to get them together and reliving their youth yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Um. So, can you just tell the listeners who don't know, like your your year and uh, your I was, what do you call it? Division or your race? Oh, or, yeah, yeah, my specialty, I suppose, yeah, my yeah. sport. Yeah, so I, I coxed the men's eight, which is rather obscure, in the 2004 Olympics in Athens. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so the cox is the little guy who sits in the back of the rowing boat and steers and yells. Yeah. In fact, it's the, I think, they've actually whittled it down. There's only seven um, eights for men and women in the Olympics, but when I was around, there was nine men's eights. Wow. But even still, the cox was the most, like, specific discipline in the Olympics. And was that your first experience of an Olympics, or like? Did you yeah, know? well, I went to Sydney to spectate because oh, yeah. I was in the Australian under twenty three team at the time, uh, and so I had a few mates who were in the Sydney Olympics, and plus anyone who was interested in rowing, you know, wanted to go and watch yeah. the Sydney Olympics. It was unreal. Well, um, even and even just in general, is a massive thing for Australia. Yeah, like, it was crazy. I um, had a guest on recently who was who's lived in Sydney their whole life, and yeah. one of the things I asked him was. Tell us a bit about Olympic fever in two thousand, you know, and because I know I didn't go. Yeah, I, I'm a Brisbane boy, but I never went. But I remember you could feel the buzz oh, nine hundred yeah. kilometers it lit away. The whole country on yeah. fire. I'm I'm going to be waiting to see. It's going to be very interesting to see how Brisbane um, goes because I think that that was sort of Sydney was sort of peak Australian international interest in the Olympics, yeah. and I'm not sure if it was just because the Olympics was in our backyard, and whether that same sort of energy is going to be captured in Brisbane. I suspect yeah. it is, but. I've realised there's all these young guys these days, guys and girls, who weren't alive when the Sydney Olympics mm. was on and they've got sort of no idea yeah. what's coming. And the world changes so quickly too. Like, Even though, yeah, well, it's 23 years ago now, yeah. but even in that time, I feel like um, people travelling a lot more, yeah. whereas um, and there's probably the world probably knows a lot more about Australia too, where at that time there was probably still a little bit of that um, yeah. Crocodile Dundee, oh, yeah. Steve Irwin, man, yeah. you know, there yeah, was Australia was like a no- Australian culture, yeah, like well, a novelty. Like, yeah, you know, they, the Americas um, loved all that stuff, didn't yeah, they? In the eighties, yeah. like we that. could parade 
uh, Kylie Minogue on the back of a thong at the closing ceremony and yeah. everyone thought it was unreal. Whereas these days, if you did that, everyone would be like, oh, massive cultural cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, um, I'm also really interested because, you know, the world's all about um, trying to live a bit more sustainably. And I think if you had an Olympics, which is as big as Sydney now, a certain amount of people would sort of frown on it and it would be conceived as sort of wasteful. So I think Brisbane Olympics is going to be really interesting to see how they, they manage that, that expectation of having an Olympics which is sort yeah. of within our means. Yeah. It's and I suspect we do. I mean, we've got a, a city here where, um, you know, most of the stuff is, is already built. So you yeah. know, I think they're going to splash out a big on the stadium and that's all really controversial at the moment. But Well, the thing that blows my mind is just, um, well, many different things, but... It's two week event, right? Yeah. Give, give or take, it's for you know a day or two. It, let's basically say two weeks, and then it's just just like years and years of build up and people talking about this is what if you live nearby, the money you can make, and like it just blows my mind all around two weeks, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I can't I can't think of anything similar like someone being like, oh, I don't know, my references are pretty old. I was gonna say um. If you have a property on the Gold Coast, it'll be like, the big day out is on near That's oh, an yeah, old yeah, reference. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like no other event. Like if someone bought an apartment thinking that it's going to make the money mm. because it's beside the big day out. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. Then, then that whole I circus a, I need a more modern reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know what I mean? So like, um, so, so for you experiencing Sydney, can you take us through a little bit of, of then Athens? Was it like – because I remember hearing about – you know, and media can play things up, but there was a lot of like, oh, they're not ready, that sort of with the um, infrastructure. Yeah, well, I suppose being there and, and experiencing it, they were very much like ready, I suppose. Like it was it was good enough. Mm. The facilities were all world-class that certainly I went to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, village itself was probably a bit substandard, like in terms of um, <laughs> they, they were clearly sort of rushing a lot of stuff. There was... Um, did you have uh, to make your own bed and stuff like that. <laughs> no, well, we didn't actually stay in the in the village anyway oh, okay. until the our our competition was over. We stayed at a club med near the rowing course because the rowing course was out of Marathon, where the marathon like started, which was forty two kilometers out of town. And then when our competition was finished, uh, we moved into the village. So we were kind of in party mode in the village. So we didn't really care. Mm. Yeah, just give us, you know, a mattress on the ground and we <laughs> sort of pass out after yeah. a few beers. But the people who were there the whole time, I think, had a few challenges. Um, mainly to do with, um, like, everything was good. The food was good. The, um, the toileting facilities and all that sort of stuff was all good as far as I'm aware. Um, but, you know, there was no undercover shade or anything like that. They clearly hadn't done much of the landscaping. And things. So I remember the Aussies would move in and they spent a few weeks before everyone came setting up like a comfortable sort of gardens around. They, they, yeah. they got, you know, fold up umbrellas in and, um, and fake grass and put it around so people could chill out outside and not feel like they were cooped up yeah. rats in cages. And the, um, Thank you, Billy Corgan, for that reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, the historical um, element too would have been great with obviously yeah. the birthplace of Olympics or whatever. Yeah, it felt really special actually. It was really yeah. cool. They had some of the events in the actual ancient facilities. I think the shot put they had like out at um, at Mount That's Olympus. Cool. Yeah, on, yeah. They didn't make you use rowing boats from back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had all the modern equipment. Actually, yeah. I don't know where our boat went because we we sort of leased or borrowed a boat off one of the German manufacturers. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so first and last time yeah. I saw it was the week we raced in it. Yeah. But, um, something that's always intrigued me about because um, I've always pretty I've played a lot of different sports, but they've all been pretty kind of. I was going to say basic. You know, like, like soccer, footy, where you grab a ball. Yeah, yeah. Boots. Well, they're the, they're the best sports, I reckon. <laughs> well, like, that's like, what I was going to ask you. Where does... Yeah, those pure does, sports, I suppose they're called, you know. Swimming, the, running, yeah, throwing but like, stuff. How much of a part does 
like the the quality of your craft play, right? Because like it's kind of like Sydney to I know Sydney to Hobart's different boats. Oh but yeah, they yeah. know who's going to win because it's like yeah by expenditure, right? Like, yeah, for and that's sure. why they have handicap. Uh, in rowing, not so much. Uh, they've actually got rules around that where yeah. you can't just rock up use, with a yeah. You they they actually have any innovation in the sport needs to be approved by like the oh, the, the representative body organizing the event. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and there's certain rules around it. Uh, it needs to be sort of not um, uh, prohibitively expensive for everyone to use. It needs to be around for a certain time for everyone to use and access it. So they, what I think the quote they say is they want um, or oh, innovation, not. Oh, I forget what the actual yeah. quote is, but they say you know they want incremental change. I get the vibe. <laughs> rather than someone just comes in and says, you know, here's the yeah. fancy new thing which makes me go ten seconds faster and. Everyone's well, playing catch up. Yeah, they learned from that. You're right. Sailing is a big one. They learned because he's basically billionaires who just yeah, sort of pour money fo- into and Formula One. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not going to be any more Ben like, Lexan Australia two wing kills yeah. and, like in the '83 Americas Cup anymore. I used to love in junior sport when the kid who had all the fancy <laughs> yeah. expensive gear, but he sucked. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and comedy is probably a good equalizer too. You can't just. Be the, like the richest doesn't mean you're the funniest, doesn't you know? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. It doesn't matter what you wear. Personal. Yeah, I always find it. I, I used to find it funny at um at those open mics where the people who are sort of suited up like they're about to film their comedy special in yeah. their tailored suit. Yeah, and then I, you I, get I, other people who are just like shorts, t-shirt, yeah. um, thongs, and just kill. Yeah, it actually takes time to realize you got to let the act speak. Because my very my very first performance for raw comedy, I wore a tuxedo t-shirt you no, know, oh yeah 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 you know, tuxedo yeah, t-shirt I can see you in one of them because it was that thing of like yep. I want to be saying funny things I also want to look funny yes. now I just got the silly hairdo but yeah <laughs> no that but, started I as mean a someone who's done that and just and absolutely nailed it though was uh, Reese Nicholson like yeah, you know yeah. when you see him in real oh, comedy yeah. dressing how he used to and then he just came out yeah. you know dressed like uh, no at, definitely um, and that, that then that persona that he yeah. he he, he um, you know yeah, embraces yeah. is just so Amazing! It's just yeah. perfectly him. I def I, I didn't mean to say that as in like appearance or character or doesn't play any part. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's it. You, you just quickly learn as like, oh, I don't, I don't have to look funny. Like it's not like like looking like a clown with a red nose. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It's more like yeah, you're you know, if that person's a blue collar person, they might have high vis on. Yeah. Or, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. Some I won't say the name, but some of some of the veteran comics and. Like bless them, they they want to give advice, but they'll give advice that suits their view. Because yeah. I was told um, to never by someone I won't say the name, but I was told to never say that like you have a job or. Yeah. But then I found people like yeah, you that. Be they like, like the, the like man. blue collar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say if, if people are going to relate to you, you need to be an everyman. Yeah. So don't actually say specifically what you do. Yeah. And so I used to I used to be quite torn when I was performing. Uh, about whether I say I'm a doctor or whether I just say medical things and let people just assume that mm. I was sort of medical adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as you say you're a doctor, sometimes people think like, oh, you know, they get bad connotations. Yeah. And they think, but not like Dr. Dre, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I, I, don't think you had a, I don't think you had a degree from the medical <laughs> university. It was... um. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also, oh, man, like, I, I find that so interesting, the rowing stuff, but... um. And, and you keep in contact with everyone, like you're saying. Yeah, I was rowing just this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was actually joking to my wife when I got home. I, I didn't actually feel like going down because it's the start of the week and it makes me tired these days. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting older. And then I came home and I had a great great time. Yeah. A, a great row. And so it's highly variable. Well, what I was saying before about um, the different types of sports, cause, because those ones, like, I mean, they were your words. You said pure, but basketball, soccer, they're things where you can – that's why they, they – um, 
uh, so what's the word? I'm not good with words, <laughs> which is not a good industry to be in comedy. Um, <laughs> I was going to say like trans. What's it called? Like overlap, trans, transpire, oh, transcend. That's a good one. Yeah. I get. Yeah, yeah, that'll like, do. Like, um, you see basketball being played in like the ghettos or whatever. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's sports saying, that are really accessible. Because when you, yeah. accessible is a good yeah. one where you can just grab the ball, go and do it. Yeah. Um, oh, rowing's really criticised yeah. that too because I mean you know that's why soccer's a, a popular sport around the world. Football, I should say. Yeah, yeah. The round yeah. ball game. Yeah. Because all you need, I mean, you could play it with a coke bottle. Yeah. You know. Well, and, I've and often have a great time. with my but in daughter, rowing, you need yeah. like a sixty thousand dollar boat. That's yeah, like yeah. Entry level. Yeah. That's well, crazy, that's what I was going to say. If yeah. if you wanted to, like, obviously these events are like well organized. You know, like yeah. head of the river and something. But is there a thing? Is there a part of it, an element to where if you just want to go and have a, a cheeky row? You know, uh, well, yeah. so this is the problem, and there's people trying to break down these barriers around around the world. I mean, the simple answer is kind of no. Unfortunately, you need to be beside a body of water for starters <laughs> that's rowable, um, and <laughs> then yeah, you've got to have yeah. the boat. You've got to have someone to sort of teach you how to how to use it. Um, yeah, it is frustrating. So it's it's gravitated towards being a really although like there is the rowing machine in gyms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I always hated them. They're like, <laughs> oh, they're brutal. Yeah, yeah they're brutal. It's like, and they're hard if you don't know how to use the, them. The first, they're hard if you do. Know the first <laughs> two or three pulls are fun, and then yeah. it's brutal. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. because you're using these muscles you've never used yeah. to. Like, but yeah, rowing's trying to. There was a really good book written. Actually, it's just up there on the mantelpiece. It's called um, "A Most Beautiful Thing," and it was about a uh, a rowing guy who thought that it's such a good team sport, and he thought it'd be good for African American youth. And so he went into like the ghettos in Chicago and got this really, um, you know, low socioeconomic violent school to embrace a rowing program. And these guys who did it, like, it sort of changed their lives. Um, but that's just one small, like, mm. rowing doesn't have many stories like that. But then the guy who did that is expanding into this Row New York community rowing program where they're trying to get a whole big shed full of cheap boats so people can go down and use without paying, you know, a $10,000 club membership for for the year and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because it's one of those things I've all, you know, like... We've all been near a river and seen it, and um, I don't know if you know much about the the Ballarat scene because I was living in. Oh Ballarat yeah, rowing's huge there. Yeah yeah, 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 and um, they have a because they've got quite a few private schools there, which yeah. are real big, and the the rivalry, you know, it's yeah. like like obviously a lot of different sports have rivalries, but yeah, yeah the rivalry can be big, and um, yeah, but I think that's a uh, like with rowing specifically, like it's private schools in Australia, in the UK, it's very much you know Oxford, Cambridge, in the US, <laughs> it's all the Ivy League universities. Yeah, yeah, it's really elite sport and that's a big problem that's going to be an existential threat for it is you know uh, rowing's trying to you know embrace this idea of like coastal rowing where it's it's cheaper equipment you don't need to necessarily be on a flat body of water um you know and if yeah. you live by the beach you can jump out you know because look how, how, how popular you know surfing is yeah yeah you know if you live by the beach everyone surfs yeah you know if you get something which goes out in the water like surf boat thing yeah why not yeah well, it's interesting uh, uh, talking about uh, elitist sport because that might lead me to the next thing I know about you. Because we are, we've known each other. We wouldn't say we're super close friends, but I've. Um, oh, it's been but, ten years since yeah. we started on the comedy <laughs> scene together. You were yeah. around a lot more, but yeah, before that. But yeah, that's but I what I want to uh, the other thing I know a few things about you, but one of the other things I know you as a rugby union man. I am. Tell us, I'm tell a, us well, a bit about. I'm a rugby union fan. Yeah, yeah. I never played myself. Oh, yeah. Um, I was sort of well, not too small. But I but like because because you, you do have you know being you got a great sense of humour. So you don't you understand the jokes <laughs> about the like you know the R M Williams range that came out recently. Oh, yeah. I, I think I uh, got excited and sent you a message and shared the link. Like, have you seen this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I did find that funny, though, that like rugby's, you know, trying to got a World Cup coming and we're trying to break into the heartland of NRL and <laughs> AFL. And the, so that what we'll do is we'll get sponsored by RM Williams, something that, you know, the every man can relate <laughs> Just to. Just the like, yeah. <laughs> the, the like $800 boots. Yeah. That's I think right. it was a $1,000 ball or I something. I know. Yeah. Why would you market yeah. a $1,000 ball when you're trying to increase it? It is appeal? that, um, oh, it's, I get it because, like, uh, you know, yeah. From, um, having I've got friends in, in different walks of life and I get it but it is that it it has it has to overcome that where it's played in a few suburbs and oh yeah, yeah for sure yeah. for sure well I used to go because I live in Sunnybank area I used to go watch Sunnybank Dragons a lot yeah. and I never I, I just felt like it's another sport you know it doesn't have that elitist around there kind of thing but yeah but yeah like um so tell us, tell us about your experience with that. So um, f- following for a long time. Yeah, well, my, my family all played. Um, my dad, my uncle um, played for brothers. Then my brother played for brothers as well. And they all played through school. I couldn't play. I, for, because um, of heart condition, but I, um, I uh, toyed around with being like a linesman. I thought about being a referee when I was at school. And that didn't really appeal to me. <laughs> um, but Especially I union, to- man. You're like... A lot of rules, well, be, right? Yeah, and you got to be fitter than a lot of the players when you're yeah. an umpire with the hammer. I, I saw a guy the other day did his did his uh, hammy or something in the World Cup. Yeah, they yeah. had to replace him. I saw yeah, that, yeah, after about twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got it because my I used to go along and follow him, like my family. And then my dad got um, like season passes to Ballymore when I was about eleven or twelve. Yeah, so I used to go out there with him. So my rugby fandom, I suppose, um, yeah, sort of takes me back to sort of being yeah. a kid. Yeah. Well, I was talking before about changes over the years and stuff. So that's a that's a thing that's had a, had a big. It's like you would remember the days of Ballymore and yeah. Concord in Sydney. And yeah, like, and it used to be very unprofessional. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, rugby since we went professional in '95 has changed dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, not always for the better, um, <laughs> I suppose. Like every sport that goes professional, that's a good thing. But one good thing about rowing is that it's it's extremely uh, unprofessional. Still, it's very much an amateur sport. Yeah, you could count on one hand uh, people around the world who make money on rowing. Yeah, <laughs> the people who sort of row and do nothing else, do you, um, sort of very much like comedians. It's sort yeah. of boom and bust. A bit, I was gonna yeah. say you got to you got to do like awesome foursome if you want to make money. Sing yeah, well, sing about canned fruit and exactly. <laughs> so that reference is like thirty years old, which goes to show yeah, like how mate, yeah. it was a good song. Yeah, like, it was, it was. Pictures and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, one of the guys in in that crew was in my aid in Athens. Actually, just texted me the other day after I hadn't spoken to him for years. Yeah, well, it was it was a perfect. Uh, Perfect setup for wordplay, wasn't it? Like awesome, O A R. Yes, yeah, awesome, awesome. awesome. Yeah, people yeah. still make that pun these days. But you, you guys were eights. Well, we can't do much of that. Can no, you? they great, tried. The eight, maybe? I think the Sydney, yeah. the Sydney crew that won a silver medal was trying to market themselves as the gladiators for a while. Oh yeah, never, never really took off. Yeah, yeah. Those things have got to be organic. It's very rare that a, a team that imposes a nickname on itself really works. Yeah, yeah. But um, a lot of these sports, the Olympic sports, it's kind of like. You know, it comes around every four years, and people watching it who never would have watched before. Oh yeah, and um, so you get those uh kind of like you, we, we, a lot. Like I said, that's why I've got all these questions because there are these like I, I find it so interesting. You know, a lot of it, and also because it's like because it's not like a brute force thing too, right? It's like technique. Rowing, yeah, rowing's very technical. Like, yeah, very there very is technical. strength, but yeah, like yeah. Um, when yeah. you when you do, doing it in time, is that a big part of it? Like, oh yeah, a, huge part. Um, yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's guys who go great in a single skull, but put them in a double or a quad and it doesn't yeah. go fast at all. Um, and the eight is like the ultimate sort of 
sport that uh, or discipline in rowing which needs precision timing and teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically it's you know eight people going, you know, flat out at 40 strokes a minute. Yeah. Uh, in pretty much perfect unison. So it takes a lot of like it takes it's, a lot of practice. It's a little bit sad that um one of the famous things from rowing was the uh lay down. Yeah. <laughs> well that was the yeah. race immediately before me. Must have just got Got too much. Anyway, we don't have to go in. No, there's literally yeah. been books written yeah, <laughs> about that. Like the big surprise at the time was just how much the Australian media um, ex- exploded about that story. Yeah. Like, we couldn't believe it. Rowing's like this pretty obscure sort of sport yeah. that, like, people only pay well, attention to once um, every four years, like you said. For me, you know, I'm a big follower of sports, a lot of different sports, and looking at how people behave and react and yeah it's not the exact same thing but obviously it's like drama drama sells you know like oh for sure things yeah. going no one sells a paper like man went to work yeah. smiled anyway oh and people but, love sporting but, obviously and, and uh, yeah. but, but looking at these like we we are known for like imposing morals and beliefs from like say like these team sports like cricket and footy onto other sports and that's why you see, like with the Nick Curiouses and that, where it's like they make these people angry, and yeah. it's like it's it's unless he's playing Davis Cup or Olympics, it's his own career he's stuffing up. You know? Oh yeah, it's right. And, yeah. and also, like the people, are like oh these guys are brats. To me, it's just like that's actually more normal human behavior. Where it's the Djokovic is chasing records of the psychopath. I like Djokovic, but it's like yeah, he does not need money, right? He's yeah, what's he doing it for? He's yeah, he's, he's just this saved. psychopathic like sort of <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but just determined to like get your names in the record books, be yeah. the best ever. Yeah. I think when he gets to a certain point, yeah, and there's another carrot, they just have to go for it. That's kind of how mm. they're wired. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten where they where they get yeah. to to begin with. Like Did it's self-selecting. You they get to this level and yeah. people say, "Wow, he's crazy." It's like what well, it's it's the very fact that he's crazy is how he got there. You would have. Did you see some sort of like I'm not saying like that, but. Different characters, right? Like people that go about it differently, and oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like some intense characters and yeah. some more relaxed. And I mean, sports like everything, it's just a cross section of of the community. But it yeah. does people who are a bit more obsessive and obviously gra- gravitate to the higher levels of it. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely true. Like even in the same crew, there can be people who are totally laid back, and there can be people who are just like ultra driven. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's where the role of uh, my role to some extent, but the role of the coach and team managers things comes with trying to play off those um, and, and get those people to be, you know, symbiotic and work together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Michael, uh, I feel um, I, we skip straight into the rowing. Usually on this pod, I sort of go go back to the, the guest route. So I, I should have done that, but. Um, anyway, it was a good part to start off. I was just so excited about the, the Olympic rowing. <laughs> but do you want to tell us, uh, like, you know, um, your, your, your stomping ground in your young years and, and tell us a bit about uh, your background, where you're from and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah well, I was born in Brisbane, uh, but then I moved to Canberra when I was two. Um, so I suppose Well, you didn't or... Yeah, well, I was taken you- to Canberra with yeah, my family. Yeah, yeah, my dad. I, I like to... Maybe I've... Thinking a bit cartoonish, you're like Family Guy type baby. Like we're going, <laughs> we're going to Canberra. Like, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was pretty outs- yeah. outspoken kid, but not not to that extent. Not I didn't decide to move to Canberra too. No, no, I'm just being silly. I know what you <laughs> meant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I suppose Canberra's considered a bit of a boring place. Most people who move there got like a government job or something like that. So yeah, it was a bit of a mm. yawn, but it's a nice place to grow up. Um, yeah, I appreciate Canberra a bit more Cold these winters. days, having grown up there. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes when you go back here, you sort of think, oh, geez, wouldn't want to spend too much time here. Yeah. Um, yeah, really cold winters. Um, There's a funny fact I found out that suits my kind of, you know, my persona. Yeah. It's, uh, 
um, my friend told me about this. He said, look out for the low McDonald's signs. Because I think oh, yeah, it's to yeah, do yeah. with the advertising laws. You put laws, a photo mate. of that on Facebook yeah. a while ago. Oh, and, is it to do with the advertising And laws? it was one of these things where I'm, you get told. Yeah, because yeah, I you, know. It's not that you don't believe the person. But you're like, all right, I yeah. want to see this with my own eyes. And I'm thinking maybe it's one or two. And, yeah. You know, most decent-sized towns have quite a few yeah. Mac, fast food, whatever. Definitely Mac. But anyway... I get there and I'm seeing it. It's like four or five, six, yeah. and they're all low. There isn't. Yeah, because so, I think you, I saw a photo of yours or something with yeah. this McDonald's, and I knew instantly which McDonald's it was. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's just the one off Northbourne <laughs> Avenue, like just north with the, of with the cool Civic. little drive-through. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The it was funny. Um, but like, yeah, which so, I think the most ultimate generic thing in the world is a McDonald's line, but, but you it can is specifically it, pinpoint yeah. to that one camera. What is funny? The first thing you often learn about places is like languages. When kids, you learn yeah. swear words, and then the first thing you learn about places like. It must be how our minds work when people are like, oh, Canberra, have like different yeah. laws on drugs and fireworks. <laughs> and so you find out this stuff, but that's very much up my alley, like yeah. fast food. And <laughs> I love the fire because, yeah, it's actually a big memory of mine growing up in Canberra was the fireworks or the night was always pretty cool. Oh, and yeah. we never bought them or anything. Like, we just used to walk around the suburbs and watch other people's go off. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And I remember the next day we walk along the streets and see all these burnt out fireworks. Um, recently I went to NT and someone in Darwin that we stayed with told us about they have this one day where it's like, I guess it's like, we look the other way, let off your fireworks. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, and they said, because um, everyone goes nuts, it's like fireworks going off in people's faces. Yeah. A lot of, uh, big night for the emergency ward at the hospital, I reckon. Yeah. The um, the thing with the McDonald's too, there was only one McDonald's in Canberra when I was growing up. I forget where it was. I think it might have been in the suburb of Dixon or something. But um, Yeah, they're all the um, like surnames, aren't they? Like Dixon. Yeah, Bruce they're all named and, after yeah. like a lot of prime minister's surnames yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we had my local like Cub Scouts would have like an annual trip to McDonald's because there was only one McDonald's, <laughs> and they used to like bring the menu the, the week the before. The Canberra Scouts. Oh, yeah, 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 and you used to like pour over the McDonald's menu and choose what you're going to order the next week because <laughs> this is the one time in the year you get to go to to Macca's. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably a good thing. When you're a kid, those things are so well. They still are awesome for me. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little things like that. Oh yeah, so Canberra. Um, and how long were you there? Um, uh, seven years, and then I came back when I was nine. Uh, yeah, and I think we um, moved back here just because you know, families were getting older and we wanted to be near our grandparents and so forth a bit. Yeah, it was a bit isolating down in Canberra in those days. Um, yeah, that's when I got involved in rowing was when I came back here. But otherwise, my dad was always involved in sailing. So and then, um, yeah, he was disappointed that my brother and I never really got involved in sailing. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt, my brother, he played rugby. Um, I couldn't do that. Uh, I was really keen to do sort of... A sport because I was very competitive. Did he, did he try to get you into sailing? You just didn't. Yeah, yeah, he tried. Yet. He used to take us out because he'd sail out at Manly all the time at the um, Royal Queensland Yacht Squadron here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he'd take us out. My brother and I just really didn't really take to it at all. Yeah, I, I always wondered where, like, not trying to like belittle or anything. I'm like, what what's actually involved, right? Like in. Because you're not just sitting there letting the boat run, right? You got No, yeah, it's lot. very tactical. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but uh, Dad was got a, 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 like a name for himself as being quite a good sort of bowman, which is a guy who runs around and like does you know attaches a lot of the ropes and that sort of stuff. Um, and so he, I think, he found that frustrating because uh, he wanted to be involved, you know, a bit more in the skippering and the tactics. Uh, but it is very tactical, yeah, like reading the wind and knowing where to position your boat and when knowing when to sort yeah. of attack into other areas when the wind's changing and, and those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I used to follow a little bit about it. I read that book about the 82 America's Cup, yeah. John Bertrand's book, and it's quite fascinating knowing about, uh, you know, getting the sail trims right and all this sort of yeah. technical stuff, yeah. I had an uncle who did it, but that's what I'm saying. It's, 
he took me out once, but on very brief knowledge understanding. I just remember we would have Christmas Day lunches and yeah, all the sailing paraphernalia in his like pool room and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of very secondhand knowledge of it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of the same these days. My knowledge of sailing is sort of still very peripheral. And um, like I said, I I love so many sports. Follow them, and I, you have ones that are just like when the Sydney to Hobart beyond. I would like maybe check briefly the news and have a very little understanding of it and but, yeah yeah but i still have appreciation like it's crazy it's like they go out for two days and yeah well it looks spectacular yeah, but it's yeah. very inaccessible you know like yeah. you watch the state of i've never played rugby league but i watch the state of origin i'll scream at the television like, <laughs> yeah. possible yeah yeah but you don't yeah. watch this sydney to home yeah. like tack now tack yeah, now and I, and I always thought it's funny where it's like um <laughs> <laughs> that's it like change change over yeah, new yeah. rig and like yeah, yeah. exactly yeah was, why didn't you run up the spinning yeah. <laughs> and i and i also find it funny it's like when they leave it's exciting, then they exciting when they come in, and then you've got like two yeah, days of two like days in the middle of no one knows what happens. they're doing. Yeah, yeah imagine yeah. like because even like something like you got these races like car racing where they quickly move past you, but you can still kind of yeah. And like Tour de France, you can put yourself in one point and see the bikes go. Oh by. yeah, and everyone's ridden a bike. You know, yeah. you watch the Tour de France and think, wow, that's cool. Imagine going that fast on a bike. You know, yeah, pretty, yeah, that'd be fun. I'm just picturing um sort of these. Boats going next to the yachts, like trying to trying to watch them and keep up with them, or in the city in the Hobart. <laughs> what for the like spectating all the way yeah, down? Yeah, if, if you wanted to watch yeah, it, yeah. Like, or, or or maybe like <laughs> driving most next of it's to it. in the dark though. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it. they literally sort of just sit there and sail. Like mm. they, they've gotten so quick these days that they leave one day and they're back like the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And they do the race overnight. It's yeah. like man, it's, yeah. it's really um, I mean, there's that's why they talk about like line honors for the biggest ones, yeah. and then there's handicaps. It's probably more interesting to like the tiny one that comes in four days later and wins on handicap or something. Oh, yeah. You'd almost wish that they have, a, like, a preliminary and, race and then they actually factor the handicaps into the start. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the maxis take off at yeah, the very yeah. end. Like, stall gifts sort go, of yeah, thing. Exactly. With the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Like, you know, everyone leaves the harbour and then, like, yeah. by the time well, nightfall comes, that's when the maxis take off. And they I try always, and plan it so they're all coming into... Yeah, I always wonder if there's a cut-off, right? Is it Constitution right? Like, Dock they come into? Oh, uh, I don't mm, know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always wonder if there's a cut-off, right? Like... Like say you have this tiny little dinghy to to take advantage of the handicap. Well, they must say you got to be this size, or I don't know uh, how yeah. they do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know something to look into, but um, I think so it's to do with any, sail any sailing enthusiasts sides. listening. Let us know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome, man. So uh, coming came to came back to Brizzy, going to school here. Um, just a fun sort of grow childhood or yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so i had a pretty good childhood um yeah i used to play in bands and stuff uh i was yeah, interested in the guitar and that was good fun used to go around brisbane rock scene back then was awesome yeah um well that's one of the things i've noticed with me and you we often find each other each other on like music facebook pages and like commenting and <laughs> yeah facebook's a, become a real home for like a lot of nostalgics you know people can yeah. come together and share old yeah. things that they find and memories and, and stuff complain really cool. about new new oh, music yeah the complaints are yeah. insane the, yeah. the the threads that always do the most on those things are like Triple J's changed its sound. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, the ones that explode, you just have to mention Ben Lee on one yeah. of those things and you get a tirade. Well, of they don't get that people fighting over loving him and hating him. What you know, like <laughs> we all thought Grown-ups were losers. and like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the point is... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was always like, that's the point. The youth music is meant to like 
bewilder the older generation. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. They say things about Triple J these days that, you know, our parents well, were saying. Yeah, when, it's all bleeps and blips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Nah. They even, I mean, Triple J embraced it. They released that Double J station because they just needed to cater for the people who were constantly yeah. complaining that it wasn't how it was mm, when they grew up. I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's those, uh, someone's written a book actually called It Should Have Been Higher and it's like a history <laughs> of Australian music. Yeah. And it's basically talking about how people complained about the songs that they yeah. like weren't, didn't make number one. <laughs> oh, and, and this is a cycle. It's all a cycle. It's like, yeah, it's meant to, anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, um. So you would have um, try not to age you too much, like you would have seen like the Powderfingers and the Regurgitators. Yeah, and- yeah, I saw Powderfinger like booed off stage um, <laughs> a, a few times. They they famously supported Pantera at the yeah. fe- at Festival Hall. Yeah, and there'd be stacks of people who remember well, the reaction. It was that they just weren't the kind of band that should have been yeah. supporting Pantera. Well, I mean, it's but not- I remember there was this, this um, absolute tsunami of of water yeah. like bottles and things hailing at the stage well so the thing is um it's not to say there wasn't like metal bands around then yeah but i i think bookers just wouldn't have known where to find them like yeah oh yeah yeah they very much played in small sort of pubs and things in the valley um, and they didn't do big rooms and things unless you're like metallica and and yeah but that's the thing is like recent years i mean i was gonna say like the internet's been around for ages and streaming and stuff yeah but that's allowed social media all of this stuff has allowed niches weird niches to be found right like yeah absolutely a band like parkway drive doing like metalcore now they're able to yeah, put their stuff the out time. and find their crowd back yeah. in the day it was harder yeah and that's why like bookers were like oh who's their metal bit oh, yeah. powderfinger have some rock hard rock or you know and yeah i remember you used to only um yeah that's exactly right there would have been like pantera who can we get like oh powderfinger got like a one loud song let's whack them yeah. in yeah but you used to have to record three hours of power mm. and then i used to record it on like the longest cassette tape i could buy at the yeah. at the shop yeah i remember then, i remember recording and then i'd the listen back to it the next day yeah. because otherwise you just wouldn't hear it when you're normally listening to the radio and yeah. that's where you find like the new acts and record like, you're right there's no internet to to to, to get Access to this stuff, yeah. I remember um, recording like CD albums on the cassette for my friends, and yeah, because he, my friend Sam, did this. Um, he did Silverchair, Freak Show on one side, the other side was Bloodhound Gang. Oh, nice. Remember that? Burn, yeah, Firewood yeah, Burn. Yeah, it, and, um, no, was it Firewood Burn? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had um, the radio edit was a donkey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that I was always hear one. that sound whenever I think of I that know. band. So that was like one side, and then I did because I had um, <laughs> Spider Bait, Ivy and the Big Apple. Oh yeah. So I put that onto a cassette for him. Nice. And it was like, and that, you know that was grade seven, so we were pretty ahead. Like everyone else into boy bands and Spice Girls and stuff. So, it was like nine ninety seven. So like pretty alternative young fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've, I got sort of into alternative music in the early nineties, I suppose. The first big breakup. Actually, it was weird. I got into punk rock through liking Stephen King, the writer, the author. <laughs> That's cool. I used to read Stephen King books when I was um, like in late primary school, early secondary school, and they used to terrify me. Yeah. Um, and um, I read the book Pet Cemetery, and that led me to listening to Ramon. the Ramones <laughs> Pet Cemetery. And I was like, oh, this song's cool. Let's listen to more Ramones songs. That's great, yeah. And that's how my, I got into the Ramones. And then my pathway to punk was kind of like Green Day, Blink-182. Oh, yeah, okay. The Living In. Yeah. Because those are good for Gateway. Then you start finding out about these labels, record labels. And yeah, that. yeah. But um, something I often ask guests too is, is sort of like, do you feel like um, your upbringing 
like made you who you are or, or the person you are? I know that's a pretty deep question, but yeah, yeah oh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like like family can have it, but you're not saying you don't have your own mind of your own, but you're like a, a little bit of family influence and oh, definitely the world around you as well. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. Even sort of um, speaking of camera, I mean, you're a young, you're a young boy in camera, so you're not thinking about how the world works and stuff. But um, Brisbane, like yeah, like because it was um, kind kind of like not trying not to make you sound old again, but like after <laughs> after Joby Peterson, right? And yeah, because I've read a lot about that stuff. I, I kind of just missed a lot of the not to say everything was great. Yeah, growing up, but I think I missed a little bit of the like overly police state sort of stuff and yeah 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 well i suppose it's all a um you know trying to find the middle of the dial isn't it like things swing both ways politically yeah um, i remember uh, well we were in canberra during most of the bjorki peterson years when we got back i think it was just when the whole political scape exploded when you know his government was overthrown and all the yeah. a lot of the people went to jail after the Fitzgerald inquiry, and then Wayne Goss came to power. Yeah, he actually, uh, true fact, Wayne Goss lived just, just up the street from me. Really? Yeah. Oh so wow. We had Goxes and Gosses. <laughs> nice. But um, a funny story about Australian uh, Queensland pri- uh, premiers. Um, we I went to a twenty first birthday party of one of my friends, and uh, they mentioned that Peter Beattie lived around the corner. And we all went at midnight and she said, we were like, oh, you know, which house, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, is that one up there? It's all dark because he's away. And we we're like, oh, he's away. Does he have a pool? And she's like, yeah. So we jumped the fence and had a great time swimming in Peter Beattie's pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my uh, broke one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Premier. Swimming in an ex-premier's pool. <laughs> yeah. I think he was ex-premier by that stage. I think Anna Bly was, I don't remember <laughs> the timeline of it. But yeah, yeah, it's all I becomes it a bit of a blur. Like, Yeah. But um, I remember, I remember like sort of, not having strong opinions about him except for the smart state plate. Like, that made me angry. Like, what are you doing? Oh, like, yeah. The, what was it, the sunshine state or the smart state? Yeah, have? I'm like, no one wanted smart state. Yeah, I don't think any Queenslander really is embracing I, that. It's one of those ones where it's like you can kind of see what they'll try and do, but yeah, it's one of those ones where you let others say it for you. You don't like, oh, where the... It's like that same thing. You, yeah, any trying to any say, nickname right, you think of for yourself yeah. doesn't really sort of catch on. I think they're trying to, like, Look, we're not just what we find in the ground, you know. Yeah, we can it was in an area where they were trying to—they were trying to attract probably like technology investment and things in the yeah, state. Yeah, they? yeah. Trying to be the next Silicon Valley type of thing. Yeah. I was just gonna do a little bit of capture a bit of video of us, if you don't mind. Yeah, not at all. It's a—you know—this thing is pretty like <laughs> pretty haphazard as it goes, but um, yeah. So uh, talking about um. Yeah, actually, talking about Wayne Goss, um, he lived just up the street um, from us and my very first, if you can call it job, you know those child kid jobs? Yeah, yeah. So delivering newspapers. I was going to say, like delivering newspapers. um, I think I was going to deliver the Southwest News at one stage. So it was called... um, And I pulled out on on the... It's a free free local rag. It was called Southern Star. Yeah. Which suburb was this in? Sunnybank Hills. That's where I grew up. Oh, right. Well, Is that my, where Wayne Goss lived? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So okay. I think enough time's passed now I can say that. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> it was, sure. It was, oh, it, he, there was all these... Um, no my dad. Us, oh, Wayne yeah, Goss, yeah. Yeah, but my, my dad told me um, about... Yeah. Which I didn't... Like learning things that I didn't know where they're like... Because he's Labor Party leader. Yeah. I mean, not to say he would have been super rich, but I think they had to... It's probably gone by now, this kind of like... What would you call it? Ideology? Where like they couldn't, you can't show wealth or anything. Yeah. You, so like he didn't have a. 
oh, terrible yeah, like, house. Yeah, it just wasn't. Of extravagance. Yeah, that's these it. These days, you know, if um, what's his, uh, if Anastasia Palaszczuk goes away, like you know, on holidays or steps outside in a nice dress, everyone's just like, you know, oh, elitist, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a city elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she is meant to represent Anala, so <laughs> 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 we should be going around in like Lowe's clothes and you know Lowe's. Like, oh yeah, no, Lowe's. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that what I was saying about the job was um, newspaper delivery. The local rag was called Southern Star. The reason I say, like, is it job? Because you get, like, one cent of paper or whatever. But, yeah. look, it's money, you know. Anyway. But, yeah, I had to fold them, deliver them. And, yeah, he lived just up the street. So that was the kind of first taste of uh, celebs living nearby. But, yeah. And then uh, also Jonathan Thurston's from Sunnybank. The same rugby, cl- rugby league club as me. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, never yeah. met him, though. <laughs> no, what uh, what rugby league so team do you follow? Uh, Broncos, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. Because growing up in Canberra, we uh, followed the Raiders, and that was yeah. back when they were um, red hot. You know, yeah. they had Mal Meninga and oh yeah, Larry Daly when I was a kid, Gary Belcher. Yeah, like when I was a kid, I actually I, I was liked there them, too, wasn't he? I think before Sam Bacco was the yeah, top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they used to so you used to because I was sponsored by Canberra Milk. So you used to always know when the Raiders made the finals because they they'd stain the milk green. Yeah, and so. Yeah, you'd like go and get your milk from the delivery man, pour it on your cereal, and it'd come out green, and you'd be like, "Oh, Raiders are in the final." Well, speaking, of, I do. I love their colours. I had the socks because yeah. when you're a kid, you don't know about loyalty and pick and stick and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, Broncos are winning. They're great." And I was like, "Oh, Canberra winning too. I like their colours." You just like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not a pick and stick. I'm I'm a Dolphins fan now because we had a year in Redcliffe when um we yeah. lived at Margate when I was working at the hospital. But you're um, diehard Reds man, aren't you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the Reds for Union and uh, the Dolphins now for for League. I really enjoy watching the Dolphins getting some early success. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Reds are having a bit of a tough time at the moment, which is not bad. You know, mm. people always complain about that, but um, I like it when your team doesn't necessarily yeah. win all the time. I think it'd be boring. I I um I only got to go. I mean, I'm saying it's not gone. It's still there, Ballymore, but it doesn't get used. I only got to go to Ballymore a few times, but um. Interesting experience, like sat on the hill. I was actually there for um, Sunnybank's first ever grand final win. Oh, nice. That yeah. wasn't too long ago, was it? That was about, uh, about eight, eight, ten, ten years ten, ago? Around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were always kind of like battlers for a bit yeah. and then... Um, yeah, so my dad remembers at Ballymore before they had like grandstands. If you wanted to watch a game there, you'd literally sort of just drive your car up wow. and park it. Yeah, and they used to, you know, reverse the union yeah. so you could sit on the tray of the ute to watch the games. I think there was one stand on one side, which was just like one of those old... Um, like scaffolding type things, oh, as yeah. mainly people would sit on the hill. I remember um, um, when I was a taxi driver a few years ago. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was like always trying to pride myself on like it didn't always work, but like try and be aware of events that were on. Go there because yeah. a lot of drivers are just very like airport. Get that big trip to the Gold Coast because yeah. it, it obviously works by the longer your trip, you get better yeah, money, more money. Yeah. So, but I was just trying to like, like I said, think about events that are on. And I remember going to a one, I think it was pre-season because they were at Suncorp by then, but a pre-season game at Ballymore for yeah. Reds. And I'm thinking like, oh, I bet many, I, I bet like not a lot of drivers know about this. I'm going to get quite a few fares. But I think obviously the companies direct them to there as well. And, yeah. and they'll tell them. So I got one and by the time I came back, it's all clogged up and I couldn't, so it didn't work. I'm not saying, but um, the, the thing about there too is like everyone, it's not really well planned. 
because there's like oh, every, yeah, everyone no. coming out of one. Yeah, it's a disaster to get to and, and from. And there's a creek that goes along one side of it. Yeah. And so people and, would and park there and then walk over the creek. And there was this massive yeah. bottleneck getting over the like the little bridge. That like to were um, over. what's the my sister used to play hockey. Um, Downey Park. That sort of. Oh one. yeah, 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 and um. And it also, like, I don't know about right there, but it, that area can, like, flood quite easily with the creeks. Is this Ballymore? Ar- around Downey there, pa- yeah. Downey Park's near Royal Brisbane Hospital. Yeah. It? yeah. It's all it's all quite close. But, um, the mo- see, this is the thing with modern stadiums where there's a lot more understanding of we've got to get people in and out Oh, yeah, it all goes into the design and, yeah. and the planning. Yeah, you've got to make them like evacuation-friendly and things. One point, yeah. to have everyone coming out yeah, at one yeah, point. yeah. But I love the charm. It was good of for the kids though who shake like the tins for donations. Yeah, yeah. yeah for when they're going away on their oh, rugby trip. I love the charm of like you got you can't be sitting on a hill, right? Oh, it's like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Forex Hill used to be yeah red hot. That's during what, the games. Um, even though these things like Suncorp and Gabba, they're great, great modern facility. But like, oh, I love just yeah local local hill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just like spread your legs out and <laughs> yeah, you bring don't your- have like exact seat. You know, it's very much. These modern ones are like, you are in F2 or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah. So going through to, so that's the sort of like teenage, young adult years in Brisbane. And then yeah. um, can you tell us about next? So so studied, right? Um, yeah, went to University of Queensland, uh, did pharmacy initially. Um, and um, that was kind of because I was... A little bit lazy. I did science for a year and then sort of didn't really know what to do with that. So I thought, oh, I'll just do pharmacy. You're making me feel pharmacist. bad, man. Like even the stuff you bailed on is even more than I've <laughs> for, the, like the things you've bailed on are more than well, it was also, what I've like fully achieved. Oh, I do have a forklift license though. Do you have that? No, I don't. See? Yeah, there you go. Oh, Goxy yeah. one Tooney twenty five. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, I'm actually yeah, if you need I, your pallet shifted, don't come to me. <laughs> I joke about it, but I have sort of had moments of sort of inadequacy feeling over the years i'm more comfortable now yeah but i mean like it's like my dad was really handy and i wasn't so that yeah. made me feel like like why didn't i get that passed on and then also with academic people it's like oh, i don't you know there's certain sort of learning difficulties i've had as well and yeah but um yeah, <laughs> oh, it's just whatever you grab. Yeah, too. I haven't sung on Triple J's hottest. Uh, sorry, <laughs> exactly, like, like that's a it. Version. That's no why chance. all these things I do now. I'm stoked. I'm like, I have a use. <laughs> but um, no, nah, sorry to interrupt you. What? Uh, tell us about um, yeah, the, the things because um, this is like, what was it? oh yeah, pharmacy. This is the thing about you. I have like as a joke over the years said like you are the perfect man, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, like a lot of these things is like people would just take. The Olympic part and be happy with that. Yeah. Or just take these other... Like, this is what I wanted to talk about because we'll get to it eventually. But the things that you are and you've studied... (laughs) Yeah, well, I suppose... Well, the interesting thing about studying pharmacy was, like, firstly, um, I did science, like I said, and I um, uh, I think I sort of dropped back because I got selected in one of the rowing, uh, like, underage rowing teams and I had to travel away and I missed a lot of that first year. And so, but coincidentally, like I dropped a few subjects, but the subjects that I retained and passed, they were all first year pharmacy subjects. So it was a little bit of like laziness going to the next year thinking, what can I study? I think, oh, well, I've squared away a lot of the pharmacy like first year subjects. So I'll just go into that and then I won't have to do as much in the next year as well. Um, And and then some of my friends were were doing science to um, like specifically to try and get into pharmacy. So I just kind of tagged along with them. Um, And then that was really social, like the best friends I've still got are all my like under undergrad pharmacy mates oh, awesome. and um 
But I was in a science lecture and they were, it was a, pharm, a pharmacology lecture in first year uni and they were talking about this drug digoxin and I'd taken that drug like since I was seven for my heart to control my heart uh, problems. And so I found the lecture fascinating. And so that was really useful. I was like, oh, here's a drug that I know. Yeah. I've been taking it since I was seven. I might as well finally learn about what it does. And I was, you know, like 18, 19. And, uh, and that's what made me think, oh, yeah, pharmacy might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. well, I was going to ask one, you pretty much answered it. But one thing with, I always blows my mind when people pick these sort of subjects that are intense and take a lot of time and work. Just a second. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, go for it. Hello? Hello? How are you? Good. Can you hear me now? Uh, yep, I'm just, um, I'll blow you about half an hour. Is that alright? Oh, God. Yeah. Alright. Why? What's wrong? I'm in the office, Yeah, I'll take you there. Okay. I'm just recording a podcast. I'm just going to leave here in a few minutes. Okay. Okay, bye. Sorry. No, you're right. No dramas at all. Um, how are you for? Uh, probably got another twenty minutes. Is that oh, right? We'll just which we'll is plenty of time. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, what I was saying. Um, we'll cut that out. <laughs> no, that's right. Let's just remember how far into it. It's like forty-seven minutes. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So what I was saying. Um. So to when people choose these subjects, all right, like they're not. With all due respect to tape, they're not like a cert two and tape, you know. No, no disrespect to tape. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, not at all. Because I, like- I actually regret, <laughs> like you know, um, uh, one thing I always wanted to get involved with was um, something. I, I did art at school, and um, a friend of mine who was actually a pharmacist went back to um, to art school and mm. studied um, like creative fine arts and and did yeah. painting like as his major. And um, I always think, oh, man, he had that out and he got out of pharmacy <laughs> and he's embracing that. Well, and I kind of think everyone should just follow whatever they, they want to do. Yeah. yeah. But I do wonder how people pick it because like at school that have sort of, um, what did they call it? Like when you get a taste of it for a week, like work experience. And, yeah, yeah, you do like a work experience um, week. Oh, I think these days they like fancy, they've got this thing at my old school called immersion now. You don't do work experience, you do immersion. <laughs> it, it all has to be like... Say, do they let you run a chemist it? for a week or like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd have made a mind whenever, when we were studying pharmacy, whenever we'd pass a pharmacy, he jokingly used to say, oh, let's go inside and watch a pharmacist in action. Yeah. And we'd all think that was hilarious because it's just the most inactive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> in your mind, it's like breaking bad when it's really just like... No, nah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not just, cooking up. No, uh, no, no. no. That's, a, I mean, that's a different subject. Yeah. Well, because um, all you can go off is your experiences, but I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I was like the the TV game shows and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like all these kids was... It was a very 90s thing. They were saying marine biologist. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, I don't know why everyone liked yeah. dolphins and what... Yeah. Must be because of Free Willy or something, yeah. Flipper. Yeah. And, and I then, think, I'm not sure if it was that Seinfeld episode which yeah. turned everyone off that because if you say you don't want to be a marine biologist, <laughs> everyone thinks, oh, it's so derivative yeah. just watching Seinfeld. <laughs> well, um, and then my sister chose... Because she was the more academic... Like, was there's I've only got one sibling and sister and... She was academic, I wasn't. And she chose um, criminology. Yeah, right. Which was quite popular. And and I think she never really said, but watching all of those shows, she was into like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and maybe it's like X-Files and stuff. It's like sometimes media and that can have an effect on... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, But that's what made me think when people choose these things, did they get to like have a try of it or, or, or you're, you're picking it based on... 
Because sometimes it'll be the family wanted you to do it or it's passed on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I know stacks of people who've sort of just done something to sort of take over the family family business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another funny thing about careers and stuff, do you ever think of those like, sometimes I'll be like, obviously with trades, people, you know, there's the famous like Chippy, Bricky, all that. And then you see like a, a an obscure one. I'm like, how did you get into that? You know, I know. Even when we had the, the like, <laughs> like we had the house sort of renovated and had these really uh, really subspecialized particular. How people. do you become like a yeah like a silicon guy put, that yeah. does the silicon in the yeah, edges yeah. and um, epoxy? I saw this truck. It was like epoxy resin or whatever. All these, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but you can. And then obviously there's the ones like people always wonder about. Like, how do you get into like funeral homes and yeah that's pretty like sort of grim <laughs> yeah well we were talking about ben lee before he uh he became a death dueler i think for a while as well which yeah. is like someone who is meant to like accompany like a, a dying person oh. in their last sort of hours uh the same way you know like a dueler yeah. will that's will, pretty intense but we'll welcome that a baby thing, into the world that is intense yes well i have a few friends who've been in the sort of like caring and nursing yeah yeah, you know, like it's people with kind hearts. They want to. Oh, absolutely! But you've also got to have sort of thick skin. Too yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we're working in medicine these days. It's yeah something yeah. which uh, luckily I don't see much of anymore. Yeah. Um, well, that leads us to. Can you tell us? This is what's really interesting. Oh, I shouldn't. Say, I, I don't. I didn't mean to frame it like that. This is what's really interesting about you. Not all those fake ones. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, the last. I yeah. mean, all those interesting stuff. You, <laughs> look, I did say you were the perfect man. So let me off the hook here. No, but um, the rowing and everything yeah. is interesting. But something, the most interesting thing I find about you. Can you tell us? Oh, what you do? Oh, what you, I do now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I um, uh, I'm I'm morphed from a pharmacist into an anaesthetist, is what yeah. I do now. Yeah, which so. is awesome because without you, we would feel all the pain of the surgery, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't invent anaesthesia. Mm. I just sort of pick well, up. That's what yeah. I've been telling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go I'm and tell everyone. I don't. Uh, my mate didn't invent it. No, I uh, I did post that picture though on. Although my maybe I didn't say it right. Of- I could have been telling people you invented <laughs> anaesthetics. <laughs> Um, Antiseptics, no. <laughs> the um, well, because funny you should mention because the it was yesterday was International or World Anesthesia Day, it's called, and it commemorates the first like public display of anesthesia, which started it all off in um, 1846, I think. And I, yeah. I posted a photo when I went back to the, like the well, I went to the ether, back to the ether, yeah. like I've been there before, back there since. Uh, yeah, there's a, a room in at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston called the Ether Dome, and that's when they first gave ether to anesthetize someone for surgery. Mm. Uh, so I was in for rowing, a rowing event in Boston a few years ago, and I, I went there and, and checked it out. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, anesthetics has been around about, well, you know, roughly speaking, 170 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there a bit of sort of this is what always interests interests me about history. Like yeah. Who was the first to eat poison berries? <laughs> oh, was there controversy about who? Well, it? even like because there was there not was knowing massive, what's going to happen. Too. Yeah, it's oh, like for take, sure. Yeah. So there was a massive controversy, firstly about who actually invented anesthesia, because <laughs> the guy who displayed it wasn't the one who invented it. He just sort of saw other people doing it and thought, "Yeah, I can do that." But at the time, it was kind of like actually frowned upon. Like there were certain surgeons who believed you actually, or there's people who believed like you needed pain as part of the whole surgical process for healing and everything like yeah. that. And um and they yeah they also thought that um like the mark of a good surgeon was that you were quick because there was no anesthesia yeah. but if you could anesthetize someone and people could take their time it would then actually make some of the good surgeons like yeah, less valuable wow. so I, they they push back against it that's a little incredible because like there is so much discussion and thoughts about it but I didn't even think of that like the yeah. moral elements and yeah it's fascinating some people uh, is it correct probably going into a different field here but. 
like this discussion with pregnancy. Oh yeah, yeah. Where so there's, there's a debate of like, yeah, absolutely. Cop the pain. Exactly. That's to put in a bogan term. <laughs> Cop in the pain versus yeah, yeah, yeah. taking the easy way out. Yeah, which is oh, very yeah, simplifying it. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so yeah. there were people who used to think that yeah, pain is part of childbirth for whatever. That's your connection to the baby. Religious. And- yeah. Some people think it's the way of bonding. Yeah. Some people would think that. Oh, I mean, there's even. Like I don't want to say religious extremists, but it's uh, there, yeah. there's certain uh, religious beliefs in thinking that like women had to atone for the the, the sin of tempting Adam in the Garden <laughs> of Eden, and then that was like oh gosh, and yeah, there was a lot of resistance. Lucky, luckily, we've moved on from those. Oh crazy, yeah. yeah, so there's a there was a lot of resistance to pain and relief during childbirth, and yeah. I mean there still is. Um, and in, interestingly, it was there's a an anaesthetist, very famous anaesthetist called John Snow, and he was the guy who proved not the Game that, of Thrones guy. No, no, different <laughs> guy. Yeah, same name. I've got a book about him. He's here, been, he's very busy. I've got a good book about him right <laughs> behind me. But uh, he um he was also famous for proving that cholera was a waterborne bacteria and not uh, like an evil spirit in the air, which is kind of what they used to think. Yeah. And uh, so he was an amateur epidemiologist, but he was an anaesthetist, and he gave chloroform to one of Queen Victoria's. Uh, or to Queen Victoria, rather, when she had wow. one of her babies. And she said, she made like a public statement saying what a blessing it was that, yeah. that I had chloroform. And then so that they were like, oh, well, if it's good enough for the Queen, then it might be, because she's the yeah. head of the Church of England. And everyone was like, oh, it must be okay then. And that broke down a lot of barriers, yeah. Yeah, well, like, you know, I'm I'm the kind of guy where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, you know, we're in a lucky country, we should be thankful. But I'm aware of these things, right? And yeah. any time I've had... Sort of, especially like dentistry. I am very thankful. I'm like, oh man, like it must have been painful back in the days before. Oh this, yeah, right? in, like, yeah, yeah, completely insane. I had, Some um, of the stories about surgery prior to anesthesia. Are, one yeah, of the horrific. worst pains I've had in my life. Yeah, was all was four wisdom teeth out at once, all like each corner, right? Yeah, and that was like such because it's like they don't want to come out; they're gripping on, right? Oh, yeah. and I had one out just a couple of years ago. It was yeah. really uh, late, multiply that by life. four, right? And oh I'm, yeah, big deal. Yeah. But it and it wears off, so yeah. I'm like, I'm thankful at the time. But yeah, and then, and then that's just one example. Like dentistry, there's a lot of other where um, I think dentist is a big one. Do you, do you have a specialized area or? Oh, in anesthetics. Well, yeah, I work at Prince Charles, which is a major cardiothoracic hospital, and I did a cardiac fellowship a couple of years ago, which is where you sort of do a lot of the open heart surgery. And in in Queensland, that's our transplant centre, so we saw a lot of heart and lung transplants. I don't do that anymore, but I also work at the Mard Hospital, which is a major obstetric hospital. So I do a lot of obstetrics as well. Uh, So a lot of cesareans um, and a lot of epidurals for labour. But I sort of do anything. The only thing I really don't do i don't do any neurosurgery even though we learned that as registrars and i don't do any pediatrics anymore which is like yeah i'll stick you know some people some people in anesthetics are awesome and can do anything um but i think i'm I'm just mainly i wouldn't say laziness but i sorry if these questions are a bit intense i just don't think oh not at all i don't oh for the audience no no for (laughs) you because i could talk about this all day I, i don't know if you're i don't know this is the beauty of like like i said like i i really admired you we we haven't got super close as mates but sort of kept in touch over the years but i don't i'm just going in asking and stuff not knowing and and genuinely wanting to learn oh no that. it's fine yeah but i don't know I, when you said not doing neuro is it 
I'm not saying you'd be like from an angle of that's too hard or just just don't want to go in on. Oh, it's just firstly you don't get that that much of an opportunity. Um, like it, there's only certain hospitals which do neurosurgery, and then you can do it sort of privately, yeah. but it just your time sort of just maxes out. You can't work everywhere and do everything. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, some anesthetists are just awesome and can can do everything, but I just don't have enough like because that's like faith in my own abilities to think that I can be an expert in every subspecialty. I yeah. think it's just better. Well, to that's do working a few on the brain, really well. right? Like you know, yeah, yeah. So this is intense. Yeah, brain surgery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's harder for the surgeons than the anaesthetists. I mean, our job in neurosurgery is just sort of try and stop them from moving, basically. Yeah, (laughs) you got to give up. Let the neurosurgeons do what they do. But um, yeah, and stay away from. I was going to say stay away from Charlie Teo, but he's highly polarizing. Well, if there's um, like I said, if if there's (laughs) cut that bit out. (laughs) If there's any, yeah, if there's anything, um, any questions I ask you, you, that's off limits, just tell me. Like I'm not, um, but. Um, do you so it's like what what you've said is is you're you're getting the patient ready for the I'm trying to word it right I was gonna say the work to be done the yeah, surgery yeah, to the be surgery, done the, yeah yeah is there um any times when like sort of friction with the doctor where they're like hey man like the guy woke up halfway through. I don't know I'm just oh well I mean yeah there's always a bit of uh, I suppose because you're like, meant to be like a team, right? Yeah, but then, for sure. And it's like sports teams. I know it's not the best comparison, yeah. But they have friction because they're like, dude, you didn't do your bit, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say friction, but um, yeah, just, yeah. We sort of just got to sort of a lot of the time. There's sort of shared decision making and trying to trying to meet in the middle. And it, the the good thing is that the vast majority of people in medicine always keep the patient mm. front and center. Um, and sometimes there's differing opinions about what to do in the best approach. Yeah. Uh, and as long as you make sure that you're doing everything by the best interest of the patient, usually you can... Um, um, like a good example is in um, in anaesthetics. There's always a controversy about whether, you know, you do like a regional technique where you use local anaesthetics or like block an arm or something like that. But then sometimes the surgeon doesn't want to do that because they want the arm to be intact yeah. so they can assess for like neurology that's another upwards. interesting thing so is sometimes the surgeon's like i'll just put local in and then you're like your priority is making sure the patient's comfortable but then the surgeon's priority is making sure they don't like you know prang a nerve yeah so you have to have a decision that, about those about those sorts of things and come to an agreement yeah. but based basically on that that's something i find incredibly interesting is like the like the times when you want them trying to use the right words here like knocked out yeah I know that's a yeah. bit of a like slang terminology oh for sure yeah like I guess conscious is a better word yeah is there times where and then they've got to be like they don't feel the pain but they've got to be alert and conscious right well and there's also some people you don't want to give a general anaesthetic to because that could be hazardous for them so you yeah. you sort of want to do a technique where they're awake and you use like regional anaesthesia or a spinal or an epidural or something like that which, yeah, um, yeah. and so that just like anaesthetizes one area of the body but that doesn't come without its own sort of separate problems. Like some patients don't like the idea of being awake, even though it might be the safest option. So you've got to sort of come yeah. to some sort of compromise or, you know, wow. convince them that it's the best <laughs> technique. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's, so there's so, a lot of lot of um, decision-making, a lot of controversies and a lot of grey area. The problem comes when we don't have like hard evidence for yeah. a lot of stuff, um, which, um, which we don't for a lot of things in medicine. I mean, Man. you know, like... Don't I, have to I find go, you don't saying, have to go too far yeah. into the background of like vaccination, for example, before you see all the controversy about not having enough, you know, hard data on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I've, I feel we, we need to do a second app where I ask all the hard-hitting questions, but... Oh, you got, happy to. Head off soon. you got to pick up your son soon, right? I do, yeah. we got to get to the got to go to jiu-jitsu. Bit. Oh, wow. Um, 
So we'll just get to the last bit. Did you do your homework for the, the Wikipedia? I did. And actually, it's a shame we're coming, wrapping it up because I really wanted to talk about this. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Next, <laughs> next step, next time, you know, you, you can be the first guest who has a part two. Oh, that'd be a, a huge honor. I think unwarranted. Which I know it, some, it, of it, your, some of your guests I've, I, I well, greatly just, admire I, and I, I find I, hilarious it, as well. The reason I joke about saying you're a perfect man because you are very humble. <laughs> you, you don't. That's all coming from me. You don't force that. You're not like, Goxie, tell him I'm perfect. Like, no. But it is. So I will do this podcast I'm, I'm on one condition. Yeah, I'm thinking it, it'd be such a out. Michael Turn thing <laughs> to have an app of my silly pod that requires two apps. But anyway, maybe if I didn't waste so much time on Rugby Union, that was my fault. <laughs> that's right. I love Rugby Union. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's what I love about you. You it's have all, all these great ama- passions where you, you care about stuff. You're the same as me. Oh, that's the meaning <laughs> of life, though, isn't yeah. it? Just to be, be passionate. Yeah. Anyway. Let's get to, <laughs> speaking of the meaning of life, let's do my stupid This uh, is why I love comedy as well. Yeah. You meet so many like people who are just like passionate about yeah. it. Yeah, it's really So you did know. you do your homework and find a Wikipedia page? I did. I better open it up yeah. too so we can share. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't want to be the reason um you look like a deadbeat dad and didn't pick up your kid. <laughs> <laughs> He actually. I, I don't know if schools accept. Um, just, well, I was the, doing a podcast. The problem a, is sometimes he decides he doesn't want to go to jujitsu because he's playing too too hard and just enjoys what he's doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, there's a bit of convincing, but the funny thing is, whenever he actually gets to jujitsu, he has a great time. He says, "Can't <laughs> wait to go back." And like, see, if he doesn't remember that, where you, am I going to? You're Wikipedia? like those um, forceful sports dads. Do you just? <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, um, well, yeah, we we uh, are trying to get him into sport, and he doesn't want to get into it. I need um I need someone like you to talk to him, Goxie. <laughs> hey. All right, let's do this. Wrap it up. What what's our Wikipedia page, right? Oh, so it was uh, Custard, the band Custard's Wikipedia entry. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, because I do like the band, but I wanted to be about the custard, the food. It does. That's <laughs> the first thing that came up. Oh, but, uh, I brought up custard, the food. Here we are. Custard is a variety variety of culinary preparations. No, I'm just joking. We can based do on band. sweet and milk. Actually, I actually have to write custard. Actually, band they in. are. They weren't one of the earliest bands I saw. My very first gig was the Living End. I'm pretty sure my second gig was Custard. Nice. You know the um, Amphitheater, uh, Albert Albert Street, is it or Albert yeah, yeah, Park? Yeah, they used to have the four triple Z market days there. That yeah, the but you know what's crazy? I for some reason thought it had been demolished, but it's still there. Oh, really? Yeah, the Amphitheater. Yeah. Oh, cool. Anyway, so let's just quickly go through this. Yeah. Custard, Australian indie rock band formed in 1989 in Brisbane, Queensland. The band is colloquially known as Castaro due to frequent misdreams of its name. Oh, that's a classic like uh, Aussie nickname type thing. Yeah. A lot of nicknames are like misspellings of names. I think they called themselves Costado for a while too to play <laughs> up on that. They put they kept the D and added an O. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason I was looking this up was Oh, because- James Strager. He's actually- Yeah. Uh, I bought a I inquired bought, with me wants to be on the pod. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd be classic. Yeah. He'd be awesome. Yeah. He features uh, in that. I, I book don't know if I should be revealing um, behind the scenes stuff like oh, that. No, that's just a sneak peek yeah. of future episodes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's if it goes. He, yeah. uh, I, there's a bike that I use as a trellis for a creeping flower plant in my backyard that I bought off him. <laughs> he uh, he used he does like dumpster diving and he puts stuff yeah. he finds up on sale and he, he I used to drive Peugeot cars and I don't have any Peugeots anymore. Um, uh, I used to drive old Peugeot 504s, but he was selling this Peugeot bike that he found. And I thought, oh, if I get the bike, that'll keep my connection yeah. to the cars I used to drive. Plus, I'd get to, to meet James when he delivered it. Oh, this isn't working too well. <laughs> that's all right. Um, um, no, that's... Uh, yeah, but he other- was in Custard famously like when he was 16 and got booted yeah. out um, so before they I became say, big. So you, with your sons, your one thing I've noticed, uh, you're... 
obviously being a pop culture enthusiast yourself, so you're passing that on. So it leads us to Bluey, right? Yes. And uh, the Custard Singer, Dave McCormack. Yeah, the voice of Bandit in yeah. Bluey, famously. So that's a nice... And uh, linking back to Brisbane and stuff, where there's a lot of Brisbane references. Oh, insane amount of Brisbane yeah. references. Yeah. You can actually do the tour, I think, go and... Like, yeah, well, have you seen my Bluey locations Instagram? No, I haven't. I'll have to oh, check really? that out. You have to follow it. So I yeah I do an Instagram which shows you the real Brisbane locations to the shows the, the locations in the show. Oh, um, I feel like we're not even doing. It doesn't matter, but normally we look and read the Wikipedia. Yeah, this is even, away this is the Wikipedia. first Wikipedia where we, just like personal um, anecdotes and things. Do you want to hear my uh, really stupid custard link thing? Yeah, yeah. So everyone's got a custard. Nineteen ninety eight. So I'm like t- twelve. Yeah. 13. I think I'm just 13. I'm an 85 ba- baby anyway. Me and my mates, obviously that's prime age for like being an idiot, right? Yeah. Doing stupid stuff. So we would do prank calls and one of them, this is uh, still the days of the white pages. Yeah. And because bands put their names on the albums, we're looking up members of Custard. Oh, no way. Calling them up. <laughs> yeah. But oh, like, that's awesome. I, I can't even remember. I don't think we did anything bad. Like just said like, hey, we like your band or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, like, okay. I, don't, I don't think I did burn and fanning or anything, but yeah, that's my. So sorry, um, custard members, if if, <laughs> if, if I called you from the white pages, <laughs> it would be interesting these days to like, because it's not a thing. White pages for a long time now. No, I don't but, even. But to see to deliver who them. would are they on? Is it online now? I don't. I don't. Know. I don't know. But yeah. like, I remember people. But talk deliver. about the things the internet yeah. killed. Yeah, white we better we better wrap up anyway because you got to pick up your son. But uh, I do. Sadly. We'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll try and line up a second app. But thank you very much, Michael Toon. It's been a pleasure, Toonie, Bob, as we call you. We didn't even get to talk about so many things like your comedy days. We'll leave that for episode two. Yeah, they were good days. They were good days. Yeah. And they're not behind me. I'm hoping to get back. Oh, yeah. But, You're um, a very funny man. <laughs> That's what uh, I was going to say. Intrigued, attracted me to you. One of those. Yeah. Attraction, intri- intriguingly attracted. Intriguingly attracted. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And we definitely do have to line up a second. Um, but yeah, um, anything you'd like to plug or <laughs> come and get it analyzed? Or I think I've already plugged my Bluey Locations Instagram. Yeah. Any mums and Ch- dads Check out, out there? some... Is there Olympic footage on YouTube or anything of you? Or? I think my race is on, is some, is, is on YouTube, yeah. 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 But, um, Just I watch every rowing I- race ever and you'll get to <laughs> it. <laughs> from from 04 at least. From the, uh, Af- it was the men's eight. Yeah, the Athens Olympics, uh, two thousand and four. I've actually not watched it, so oh. yeah. If uh, if someone wants to, is that watch, like watch a superstition? Uh, yeah, it's kind of. I know the I know the the ending. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, you've done more than most of us. So, uh, thanks for coming on. And it's been a pleasure, Goxie. Thanks for listening. To have a yarn with me. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Goxie's having a yarn because he's got nothing better to do. Goxie's having a yarn, and one day he might have one with. Yeah.